Hi, everyone. This is Shannon, co-host of Terror Talk Podcast. I wanted to speak to you guys directly about where you can get more content from us. You can become a part of our superfan membership. For the month of December, <laughs> I will be adding daily Patreon-only content. Do not ask me how I'm going to do this. <laughs> it's a huge undertaking. But for the month of December, every day in December, I'm going to upload something new. So join us and become a part of our creative community on Patreon so we can get started on something new together. Just go to patreon.com and join us. Hi, everybody. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Ugh. Oh, wow. Good morning. <clears throat> um, I wanted to mention really quickly that we connect with a lot of our um, listeners on Instagram and Twitter. So never be shy about sending us direct messages on either one of those platforms. And uh, actually suggestions for episodes. We've recently, you might've heard the little bumpers at the beginning where I say like this idea came from a certain someone. And uh, so we'll always give you credit if you give us a great idea or if you're the first one to give us that great idea. Um, Cause sometimes we've had multiple people give us the ideas. Also, we've actually had a lot of listeners along the way add us to their story on Instagram. And when I catch those, I add them. First of all, obviously I thank you. And I add them to our story for the day. And then I also add them to our highlight reel so that they're there for posterity. So do it, man. We love to hear from you guys. All that to say, thank you. <laughs> um, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's been a weird year and we're, Ugh, we're, totally. at, we're at, at the end of the it's year December, and man. still in this. Yeah. I mean, it's December and, but also I think the holiday season is always like a reflective, mm -hmm. interesting kind of emotional time mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And we are not excluded from that. And also we just got lots of announcements around 2021. And I think that is sinking in for a lot of people. So like HBO max, you know, purchasing all of Warner brothers, new releases right. for all of 2021 for me, from an entertainment perspective, that was very clear what's mm -hmm. happening, you know, go HBO max, but all 17 flicks from Warner brothers, at least the ones that are planned right now are going to come out in theaters, hypothetically, wherever they're open, but also drop to HBO max on the day they, release. they go out, they release to theaters for at least a month. And so that kind of sends a message. And then not to mention all the things we know politically about how, at least like my office, other people's offices, you know, approaching 2021, as a as a whole year of still recovering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um we're adjusting again. In the shortest longest year. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, we'll see. I I'm hoping that we peaked and that 2021 has some better stuff. Um you know, and some things will some things will never go back and and I'm I'm actually happy about certain things never going back to how they are. And then other things will gradually, you know, the more things change, the more things stay the same things. A lot of things will go back. I do believe, but it'll be interesting to see how things unfold. Yeah. And humanity tries to forget drama. Absolutely. So we'll see. I had a conversation the other day with someone who they were like, yeah, you know, after this people are going to be X, Y, and Z. I said for, I think they will be for a period of time. Depends on the person, right? But collectively, we get jaded. Yeah, after and how it a while. affected you, right? Like, yeah. if, if you were personally affected by things, I mean, we, yeah. were, we were both alive when 9 11 happened. Right. 
and both have our own personal memories and how it affected us in general and how it affected friends of ours and all of that. And that is a very distant memory now. Well, even, I mean, there are certain parts of traveling now that are still re- still affected by 9-11, but not like they were yep. five years out. Well, there's always an overreaction. Mm-hmm. Or a trauma reaction. I don't want to say it's an overreaction. I, I, I misspoke that. But a trauma reaction to it, right? Mm-hmm. And then things even out. And some of those changes were probably for the good. Uh, but yeah, culture changed. Yep. Especially in New York City. Yep. <laughs> so, and cool. again, it will be New York City for a lot of it. But yeah, yeah. so, you know, there end of the is. year vibes. There we are. Um I think you had a true crime thing you wanted to mention. I, you know, this came up, it's a, it probably came out a few weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. there's a, there was a special on 2020. I know we have a lot of listeners who like true crime. We've disc- discussed Chris Watts on here before um, and other, you know, dating true crime or marriage true crime Mm -hmm. stuff. And this one really caught my eye. It was really bizarre. It's called, there's actually a book out about the case now. Interestingly enough, the writer is Leslie Rule, who is Anne Rule's daughter. Anne Rule, if if you've never heard of her before, was a major crime writer and also worked for um, law enforcement and, and worked closely with uh, the investigation of Ted Bundy. All the while, she uh, had no idea that it was Ted who she had been working with at a crisis hotline years before, and they were good friends. And she wrote a book called The Stranger Beside Me, which is an excellent book. Uh, if you go back and listen to our Ted Bundy episode, <clears throat> I believe that's where I got a lot of my information from. And so her daughter now, Anne Rule has since passed, but her daughter now is, uh, sorry, swallowed wrong, you guys. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Her daughter is now writing. And so she caught this case and wrote the book called A Tangled Web. And I'll just give you a synopsis. You can find the story on 2020. Okay. Um, so a new 2020 reports on a twisted, fatal love triangle and the shocking truth on whether or not the stalker and victim are the same woman. After Carrie Farver disappeared from her Iowa home, her friends and family received text messages from her number claiming she embarked on a new life. Although skeptical of the text, her loved ones could not prove they were uh, illegitimate. All the same time, David Krupa received a strange and sudden breakup message from Farver's number after only dating her for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Krupa quickly regretted ever meeting Farver as he, his on-again, off-again girlfriend, Shana Liz Goyer, and others in his life become the targets of obsessive, hateful messages from Farver's number. Krupa began to fear for his life as the message content escalated to stalking and threats. Um, I've watched most of this. I'm not through it yet. It's really disturbing. Um, You know, it just really speaks to mental illness. And um, I mean, this goes so far that it says it, I'm not giving anything away, but it goes so far to, uh, you know, they're, they're now wondering, Mm -hmm. is this person who, is she, is she is the ex-girlfriend of this guy, the one that's creating this whole thing. Sounds like something we should probably do an episode and I, on. And I was wondering, you know, as I'm talking to you and this being um, a big it. story now, it might be an interesting interesting one to discuss. I'll, I'll watch it okay. and then we can chat about it. Let's you can find it on 2020 right now. Yeah, I actually just looked it up while you were 
It's available yeah. online. It looks like most of it on YouTube as well now. So. Yeah. So there um, you go. Right on. So I wanted to share before we do um, our next, um, you know, segment where Kathy tortures me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> I wanted to share this little news item that I thought you might be interested in, Kathy. You specifically. Oh, maybe. So A24, the company, is selling a gruesome limited edition puzzle of Charlie's head from Hereditary. Shut up. <laughs> I thought you would uh, enjoy that. <clears throat> Wait so a this minute. This might be the most twisted gift of 20, really? 2020 holiday season. Who wants that? I don't know, but there is a picture of it. Um, so A24, A24 has been known to come up with some pretty wild merchandise over the years. Um, I read this on Bloody Disgusting, but the gruesome and shocking moment from Ari Aster's Hereditary, Charlie's Head, if you haven't watched it, you'll find out. It's obviously a decapitation. And so they made, um, they, they're only producing 135 of the mini puzzles and they're selling them for $26 each over at A24's online shop. Um, and yeah, you're literally putting together a puzzle of her decapitated head. I get it. I'm still looking for it. Okay. Well, now you know. That's disgusting. Okay, cool. I mean, and I like gore. <laughs> I don't want to put a child's head together. Well, you had the same reaction when I told you about Freddy Krueger's Nike shoes. No, that was just ridiculous. <laughs> This is disturbing. Yes, yes. It's gruesome. Charlie had mini puzzle available. There you go. Oh, God. Did you see the picture of it? Oh, God. Of the actual puzzle? Yes. Good stuff, right? Like, oh, let me get into this place where there's a lot of blood. Oh, God. Find the pieces. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. If someone bought that, they should be tagged and they need someone visiting their home to make sure there aren't bodies buried in the basement. Who would want to put that together? Some of our fans probably will. Okay. Well, I'm coming to you. (laughs) That's why I'm talking about it. Jesus. Okay. All right. So our next segment um, off of the decapitated puzzle is a little segment. Facts with Gath. She had to interrupt me. (laughs) I wanted to make it sound like I was like slowly coming in like from another room. Oh, I see. And then I stopped talking. Well, oh, well. Like I just busted in on you. So this is Horror Facts with Kath. Number one. The director of this film was a great fan of cricket. The game, not the bug. (laughs) Sorry, I almost did a spit take. I was drinking water. (laughs) He applied that passion around the main character's costume. Numero dos. Okay. Unlike many film adaptions, this film resembles its... Let me make sure I'm reading my handwriting right. <laughs> I can tell you couldn't read your own handwriting. <laughs> I'm a lefty. Um, okay, so the film resembles the literary original so closely that the screenplay was mostly dialogue and stage directions lifted from the book itself. Okay. Hmm. Number three. While filming the rehabilitation scene, the lidlocks worn by the antihero 
actually sliced his cornea due to the director having him sit upright during one scene. Wow, I have no idea. Because the way this device was, it's meant to only be used when someone's lying down. Oh, okay. Okay. So it sliced his cornea, I believe. Eek. <clears throat> this might give it away for you. In 1976, the novel was removed from a high school in Aurora, Colorado because of objectionable language. A year later, a high school in Massachusetts did the same thing. In 1973, a bookseller was arrested for selling the novel. Wow. That's horrible. I and mean, it's a I, great book. I mean, I really don't know, but of course, like my head is like, oh, the hills of eyes or something like that. But I really don't know. A Clockwork Orange. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Such a great book. Yeah. I, I, and I remember I read it maybe 10 years ago now for the first time. Yeah. And I read it after knowing all of the controversy around it. But the movie was Kubrick. So clearly he doesn't care if someone's getting tortured on the set because he's so method mm -hmm. and careless. Um, and crazy. And crazy. But <laughs> yeah, so some crazy facts with Kath on that one. Fun story. Um, when I, I lived in London briefly mm -hmm. as a youngin, and I went to see A Clockwork Orange, the musical on the London <laughs> stage. <laughs> How'd which that play out? sounds a little loony, but it was really good. I, I don't know what I would think of it now, but at the time... I was, of course, mesmerized by the London stage and was a stage actor myself and was like so excited. Um, and I probably still have the stage bill in some of my like paraphernalia <laughs> from cool. back in the day. Uh, it was really great. And it was in a London stage. It was like um, a big one. So it was a huge production and it was good. So I'll just throw that in. Very there. cool. So thank you. Thank I you would for that. never Memory. imagine that to be a musical but, nor did i it's but i would never imagine there'd be a decapitated head as a puzzle so we're just expanding minds today <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so we did a buddy watch and, we did um the buddy watch was of the movie frozen not the animated disney <laughs> movie but the 2010 uh, american thriller film written and directed by adam green and starring emma bell sean ashmore and kevin ziegers probably mispronounced it as I do. It tells the story of three college students spending a weekend snowboarding and skiing. And I chose this film. Um, I don't believe Kathy had seen it before, I had not. before this. So they become these characters, these three characters through a set of circumstances. And I mentioned this movie briefly in our winter horror episode from November, but we're going to, now that Kathy, and that is what actually inspired me to ask Kathy to watch it so that she could have her take on it. But the story is that they, these three characters become stuck in a chairlift while climbing Mount Holliston when the ski resort closes before they've really finished their run. And so they get stuck on the chairlift. This movie gave me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. You had, you were texting me while you were Watching it, I think, or just after. Tell me what happened. It's just, it's well done. It's really simple. Um, I was wondering how they were going to be able to hold yeah. a film like this for its length and be able to build on it because, all right, three kids trapped on a, or young adults trapped on a ski lift. Um, it sounded good, but I was thinking, okay, maybe for a 20-minute short. But it ends up, really building for me, in my opinion, um, I felt that I cared about the characters. 
um, even though it was a really simple story and it's not particularly long and there's not a lot going on. What I really appreciated was within this danger, they start to talk in more depth about yeah. their relationship and their past and how the boys knew each other and, um, you know, things start to happen, which pull the emotions from these characters. And then you really pulled into really rooting for them. And then just all of the dangers that come, you know, you think when a ski lodge shuts down, they, they are typically in the mountains, in the wild, there's creatures, there's stuff going on that we don't see when we're, the resort's open and we're all snowboarding and skiing becomes a very different world. Yeah. Like uh, it's just an interesting and inventive isolation. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, we're used to the cabin in the woods. We're used to um, just, well, and you talked about on the Frost, Ice, and Snow episode on Wednesday, you talked about ATM, and although that's not a particularly good movie, it's like, oh, isolated in an ATM. Like, that's an interesting, unique idea. I can hear that pitch in my head. Yeah. And as a producer, go like, oh, well, that's a new take on it. And that's why I watched it. Exactly. Yeah. And this is the same way. Like, okay, the isolation is less, literally three people on, you know, um, two feet or three feet of... <laughs> of a chairlift and they're isolated there. Mm -hmm. Like, how are we going to make that dramatic? And I agree with you. One of the things that sells it is that you is the acting and the writing is that you end up caring. You get to know them and that's what allows you to stay in there for 90 minutes or however long right. it is. Because otherwise, if it was just jeopardy, like if it was all plot yeah, points, you're done in 10 minutes, but then there are some surprising and interesting ways that they develop the plot and what the mm -hmm. characters decide to do. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the same guy, you know, um, that did the Hatchet series, which I know you're not a huge fan of, but he yeah. he did the Hatchet series, um, which I enjoy as a slash as slasher movies, and also um, him and uh, Joe Lynch do the the podcast, the Movie Crypt. So. Mm -hmm. At least I think that's them. So anyway, and the other movies, Digging Up the Marrow, et cetera, blah. So, I, I recommend this if yeah. people haven't seen it. I'm glad you liked it. it I mean, the end, I'm, I was like having to breathe. Yeah, you had a, what was that about? Like, what was the panic about? Just the <laughs> fact that you were scared for them? Uh, I was scared for them. I And then you know how I am with animals. And when she starts talking about, like, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to make it back to my dog and he's going to die without me oh, and all Lord. of that stuff. I was like, oh, she's got to escape. She's got to get back to her dog. <laughs> and I'm watching it with my dogs. I'm, I'm always like the dork that's like, I don't, I now don't hear anything else. And I'm like, she, she needs to live. She needs to get home and feed her dog. Um, no, there. Th th I say that somewhat in jest, but I, I think for me, it was it built itself up, and it was scary. But by the end, it actually became sad and emotional, and you see their humanity. I'm just going to give one piece that doesn't give the movie away, but there's a scene where she wakes up in the morning and she she urinates on herself. Um, and it's so raw and it's so human and she starts to cry like she's really realizing where she is and how inescapable this is and how she, in that moment you can tell she, she 
what is probably keeping her alive, honestly, is getting back to her dog. Like that's the four, you know, she's got to get it. She even, even clearly she's living for other things, but sometimes in those moments you have to focus on the one thing so that you don't give up so yeah. that you don't give up. And when, in that moment, when she does that, it's just like all of those little pieces to me made it a deeper film than just like it kids being trapped on a ski lift. Well, and I think that's what makes it good. It's yeah, like, it's that, really good. That's for me, that's what ascends it to an A film as opposed to like a B or a C film where like we can recommend and say like, yeah, watch it. It's fun. Like we say that yeah. a lot about a lot of different movies. But, they just keep upping the intensity but in But they it. do. And her humiliation in that moment, oh I think is, is very interesting. I mean, I think it's just relatable. It's like it's strong characters in an impossible but also relatable situation because yeah. you can relate to them and to the situation and um, although maybe all of us wouldn't have gotten stuck in the situation and the way they find it. Right. They're you know, young. You they're, can, they, yeah, you can relate to it. And yeah. also I think it should be mandatory watching before you go on any ski trip. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do not be the last. Do not force them to stay open for you. All <laughs> right. Um, anyway, frozen, check it out. Uh, what else? What else have you been watching? I watched, um, man, I've actually finally back into, watching stuff again i went through that period i was telling you yeah it took the, a minute election and then after halloween i uh i watched uh a, i'll talk about a couple different ones um first one was uh dario argento <laughs> so we're gonna do a whole episode <laughs> so i'm not gonna go into this one in much depth yeah um but it, it's a movie <laughs> I actually i liked it the story is by him but it's directed by sergio <laughs> stivaletti <laughs> And <laughs> when Kathy does anything Italian, she goes big pause. And then it's a little bit lower. The voice is. A well, little I lower. just love when Joe Bob talks about Dario Argento yeah, and know. that's like where, um, whoops, I just looked up the wrong. Kathy film. and I will literally text each other. Dario Argento. <laughs> and then that's just, the that's text. it. And or then she'll I, sometimes do Dario I'll, and I'll do Argento. Or sometimes I'll send you a gif of <laughs> Giallo. Remember <laughs> yeah. the woman in her pants? Yes, yes, yes. So this is from, <laughs> let's see, this is a 1997 film, mm-hmm. uh, although because it's Giallo, it looks like it was made in 1970. It's like 1842. Yeah. <laughs> it's called The Wax Mask. Okay. Uh, it takes place in Paris, um, and Paris 1900. A couple are horribly murdered by a masked man with a metal claw. By the way, they describe him with a metal claw. He, there's no metal claw on him. That's interesting. Who rips <laughs> who rips their hearts out. The sole survivor and witness to the massacre massacre is a hold on, sorry. Sorry, folks. Um is a young girl. Twelve years later in Rome, a new wax museum is opened, whose main attractions are lifelike re- recreations of gruesome murder scenes. A young man bets that he will spend the night in the museum, but is found dead in the morning after. Soon people mm. start disappearing from the streets of Rome, and the wax museum halls begin filling with new figures. So I will talk about, about this in depth on the Giallo episode, but I thought it was kind of fun. I like, I mean... Giallo is a, it's the soap opera of horror. It's fun and it's bloody and it's, but it, it has some really interesting artistic ways of making it creepy. So yeah, we're going to do a whole episode on it in January. So that's cool to look forward to. It sounds like you kind of enjoyed it. I did. You enjoy that genre or that? I um, I have to be in the mood for it. Yeah. But I think it just brings, you know, so much horror is the same. Yeah. And just from an artistic perspective. For space. sure. It's a very different form. It's got a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
got a way about it. And so that'll be fun for that episode too, because it's, it's certainly, certainly got a way about it. And we'll try to explain. <laughs> actually, it, we're going to, maybe we'll get Joe Bob on to talk about it. <laughs> actually, I don't think it's January. I think it's the end of this month, the end of December. We're doing that episode. I think it's like our new <laughs> happy new year episode. Totally. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll talk about one more. Yeah. Um, I highly, highly recommend mm. if people have shutter mm. to watch leap of faith. Did you watch it? Yeah, I have a story. I'll tell you. Okay. So it's, it's William Friedkin's experience creating or directing the exorcist and um, not only directing it, but everything he did from finding the voice of the demon who was played by Mercedes uh, McCambridge, who had a really, really raspy voice and all the stuff that she had, she had to eat like raw eggs and like drink whiskey or something to <laughs> um, get that voice going. I'm not going to even go into depth about it. There's so much there, how, what he went through to find the right score all of the details into making this film. If you are someone who appreciated that film or just appreciate the art of making films, especially horror films that are so well done. And this is such a classic. I was so drawn to this. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I, what I, what I'm, I'm having a moment because I'm so happy you found this on your own <laughs> because I was going to talk. No, I wasn't necessarily going to talk about it on the episode, but I was going to say like, you should watch this. And I probably said you should watch this last year because, um, so as some of our, if you're a regular listener, you know that I go to Sundance. And so when I, and every year when I, when I get to go this year, I won't get to go physically, but I am going to do, um, online support. So a lot of the volunteers are, and the people that normally go and help and work the festival are going to provide online support. So I'm still going to do cool. that. But anyway, more stories about that later after I've done it. But anyway, this was at the festival. And every year I like pick it one thing that I have to get a ticket to. Was he there? And this was the t thing. Friedkin, no. Um, he was supposed to be there and then he was too ill. Okay. But this, uh, this guy, Alexandre O. Philippe is a guy who's the writer director of this. I've been following for a while because he also did another documentary on the shower scene in psycho. Mm. So, and he, and then the year before my one ticket that I needed to go to was his, um, he did it he did one of his documentaries on alien. So he literally picks my favorite fucking movies. I, seriously. He really does. I'm like this guy and I need to be best friends because yeah. he literally picks my favorite flicks and then does movies of them. Uh, does documentaries on them anyway. So he's done, um, Hitchcock's shower scene and, uh, he's done the people versus George Lucas. I mean, he's just done these great. Anyway, he always goes there. He, Oh, and I, Maybe I should dig out the like cell phone footage I have of his Q&A for this. But anyway, all that to say, yes, I've seen Leap of Faith and I actually saw it at the premiere at Sundance. This guy, this filmmaker is such a sweet, he has such a sweet, smart like presence too. Like you want him to succeed. And if you love The Exorcist, holy shit. Yeah, I, this is, oh my gosh. It's so, you have no idea when you watch this the amount of work indeed, the amount of people he fired, he knew what he was looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, high profile people who worked in the film industry where he said, no, this is, this is not at all what I'm looking for. When he talks about the score and in that moment, do you remember in that moment when he says, uh, you know, then, then all of a sudden I'm listening to this 
record and these these bells come on and then they start to play the theme of the exorcist which for a moment i had forgotten what it was and then it comes on and you go the way he describes it and how simple it is and now that we've associated it to this film how truly terrifying that score is yeah Oh, it's so good. It's really good. So the full name is Leap of Faith, William Friedkin on The Exorcist, and it's from 2019. And I looked it up while you were talking. I think it's also on Prime, but check it out. Um, I use justwatch.com. Maybe so. it was Prime. I thought it was Shudder, but it's all the same company. Yeah. If you have if you have Shudder. But some things are on one and not yeah. another. But if you use justwatch.com and plug it in there, it'll come up with exactly where to find it. So, and usually how much it is if you need to pay for it. But these are part of the streaming service. Awesome pick. Yeah. I'm so happy that you watched it. So it's good. It's so good. And I should watch it again because I watched it in that. I would watch it again. Yeah, no, I, I, I will because... When you watch something live with an audience and there's Q and A's and you're really excited because, mm-hmm. like I said, it was the one ticket that I had to have because you do have to prioritize at Sundance. <laughs> you have to focus. You do have to go like this is the thing I will stand in line for for two hours to get yeah. in. I must make sure I see it. Um, one year it was uh, Tarantino and Michael Madsen were showing up for a film remaster of Reservoir Dogs, and Ooh. they were doing a Q and A. And it was the film remaster. Like he brought a film. It was not digital. You know how Tarantino is. Yeah. And that was the one ticket I had to, like I would have waited in the snow totally. for four hours. And I did. Um, uh, I wanted to mention a couple of things. Uh, I watched a movie called Anything for Jackson mm. on Shudder. So you and I have Shudder. A lot of our listeners will have Shudder. If you don't have Shudder and you're a horror fan, you should have it because it's great. It has a lot of great old stuff, but they also have Shutter originals that are always dropping. And so every week or so, a few a few uh, originals will drop, and they come up on the like featured thing, and the, you know those big. Yeah. <laughs> there they are. So there's a bunch of them right now, and right now it's like anything for Jackson, Castle Freak, pro- Porno, a bunch of different ones. And so I've watched a few of these. So any, but I wanted to mention anything for Jackson because it's a good flick. <laughs> so. I wanted to say that if you're looking at the ones that the movies that have just dropped on Shutter that are relatively new in the last few weeks, obviously we are pre-recording, but um, not too far in advance. We're only a few days before this will go up. So anything for Jackson is a 2020 film, uh, a bereaved Satanist couple. Oh, that's quite a combo. Kidnap. Now it adds another layer. A pregnant woman. Wow. So they can use an ancient spell book to put their dead grandson's spirit into her unborn child, but end up summoning more than they bargained for. Now, the interesting thing also about the couple is that the couple is probably in their 70s. So that's another layer, 60s, 70s in there. Mm. So dead grandson so that kind of tips you to the fact that this couple is not you know 25 like your normal Mm -hmm. horror (laughs) couple 25 or 30 and what i can say about this movie is that it's good like i recommend you see it if you like horror films it's um it's a great addition to the exorcism landscape which it, we didn't even plan that, that she talked about The Exorcist. Yeah. And then I talked about this new addition to the exorcism uh, trope or genre. It's a great addition to that. And 
it's got some creepy shit in it. That's always good. Right? So yeah. like there's a there's a bonus when like mood, atmosphere, scary exorcism, god devil stuff is always like great to me. But then you up it with there's actually some creepy stuff. Hmm. And some unexpected things that happen where you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Do that again. Oh, damn. <laughs> what What is it called again? Anything for Jackson 2020. And it'll come, if you open up your shutter thing, it'll come right up. It's like one of the featured ones. Um, the other two, not so much. Castle Freak, the remake, not not good. Porno. Oh, mm, I, I almost good. watched that one. And then I went, no. I watched it. So these are these all three of these movies I watched with people on mm-hmm. Discord. So this is often how I get through the Shutter originals because they're a crapshoot, and that is actually one of the things I like about it. Yeah. Because then you get this variety. No, it's way more fun watching those with it's people. Super fun. Yeah. And they're unknown entities. Like yeah. I have no idea if this is going to be crap or not. Right. Plus, you can't go by the stars. You can't go by the stars on Shutter. You know how it'll have like the ratings, mm-hmm. just like on everything. Because you'll watch the worst movie you ever saw, and it'll have four stars on Shutter. Because horror fans are really forgiving. They watch. We watch a lot of crap, but we also don't care. Sometimes. I mean, sometimes we watch Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two, which I did. And you guys went ahead and watched the second I, one? I, I, oh, I did. you did. I did. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think I watched that. No, I watched the second one. And you know what's hilarious? Have you watched it? Yeah, it's been a while. Because remember I told you I, wa- I like watched like, yes. the first three or four one You year. know what's hilarious about the second one? Mm. Is that they literally, so if you read the about the production, is they didn't have any money, really. And they wanted to make a two. And they went to the people and they said, take the first one. And make a new movie. Yeah. Use the footage from the first one and make a new movie. Oh, my God. And the people that they said that to said, tried. And then we're like, um, so this isn't going to quite work. And so they then they went back and asked for some money. And and again, I, I don't remember. It's like 10 grand or something. Like some small bit yeah. of business. And I think this I learned this on a Joe Bob episode, actually. It might have been the Red Christmas thing I was talking about, mm-hmm. like a Joe Bob um, on Shutter um, marathon where they do a bunch of movies for Christmas. But anyway, they went back, they gave them some, and then they asked for, you know, like 10 grand or something. And they went back and then they shot some new scenes and cut together a new movie. So you literally don't have to see the first movie to see the second because it's literally all in the second movie. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's terrible. So sometimes you watch stuff like that. That's like low, low budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's so, no budget. So sometimes you watch stuff like that. Sometimes you watch Castle Freak, the remake, which is just, it's off the rails. Or Porno, which is like just bad, sort of bad. Um, I mean, you know, like C minus. And then anything for Jackson. And you go, that was freaking good. Yeah. So, but that's the crapshoot of it, which... I think is kind of the thing we enjoy maybe. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention in closing, unless you have something else. Mm -mm. Okay. Is that last week on shrink chat, we talked about how Fincher uh, didn't and wasn't going to continue mind hunter. Yes. I don't, I don't mean to bring up that trauma (sighs) for you, but God, (laughs) 
have some emotion. I'll be over here. Um, but I wanted to mention that I was able to watch a screening copy, although now by the time this episode uh, is up, it will be very widely available to everyone on Netflix, if you have Netflix, is I wanted to mention that Fincher directed a new movie called Mank um, and with Gary Oldman, Amanda Seyfried, um, Lily Collins. So it's an American biographical drama about the films, uh, the screenwriter, sorry, Herman Mankiewicz, and that's who Gary um, plays, and his development of the script for Citizen Kane. So I believe this is what Fincher was doing instead of Mindhunter. And so I wanted to mention that. Um, And I did watch it uh, because I got a screening copy. And I felt felt respectful of that. (laughs) Um, It's called Mank, M-A-N-K. And it's about Mankiewicz, who wrote the script for Citizen Kane and was a drunk. And so it's Gary Oldman. And it was good. So this is... That you have to sort of, you have to like historical, I think if you like political movies about Hollywood politics from the 30s and 40s, like if you like historical dramas that have to do with um, um, the legend of Hollywood and different characters and this from is, Hollywood. Sorry, this is called, a, what again? Mank. Mank, okay. And so if you like that sort of thing, which I do, I do mm-hmm. um, it's really good. And it's on Netflix. So awesome. Yeah. I, I did have actually one more. Yeah, I for forgot. It. I just, uh, it's, it'll be quick. Um, I am looking forward. I like the revenge movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big fan of those. And Bella Thorne has one coming out called girl. Have you seen the preview for that? I don't think so. So Bella Thorne stars as a girl who returns to her small hometown to exact revenge on her abusive father, only to discover someone murdered him the day before. As she searches for answers, she uncovers a family legacy more disturbing than she'd imagine and soon finds herself prey to a sinister sheriff played by Mickey Rourke, who really looks like a flipping mess. Um, He, yeah, he's, I mean, it was all that plastic surgery. He went and ruined his very pretty face. I love him. Very talented. He's incredible, but they make him look yeah. Like a, I mean, he, sorry, some of it's intentional too. They make him. Um, anyway, it, I watched the preview for it. If you go to Dread Central, you can find it. I've mm-hmm. always been kind of the role she plays. I either really love her in, or I'm like, this is terrible. I don't want to see it. I'm excited for this one. Looks good. I'm glad. Yeah. No, I've got some. I'm. There's some. I have a copy of Tenant that I want to watch. I have a copy of Freaky which is another horror movie. So there's some good stuff we're going to talk about coming up because there's a bunch of 2020 movies now that I got to catch up on because mm-hmm. they're starting to turn them out. And, you know, people went back into production in the summer. And so they probably finished up a lot of their stuff. And then they're also deciding to like release stuff now. So we're getting some new sh- shit, sh- new shizzle. Excellent. To watch. So thank you so much for listening. This is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.